Welcome back to episode 38 of Chess Journeys, where we seek to highlight both the highs of chess improvement and the lows and the plateaus. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon Chess Journeys. And I'd like to thank the Rook Level supporters, Terry King, Andrew Perry, Jay Tell, Jay Garrison, Don Average, Burgess, and Brandon Hellside. You can catch me sometimes streaming at Dr. Skull underscore Tiny Grimes. I, I'm up to like game 26 in Fisher's 60 memorable games. It's been fun to improve with you all who have been coming by. And I'd like to thank our sponsor, Chessable. I've got a 95-day streak going. I'm, I'm, I'm going to break 100. I'm just saying it right now. Um, I'm doing the Woodpecker Method. It's been going well. But I want to make sure you all check out Coach Andres's new E4 course, the Beginners 1 E4 Repertoire. Is that how he says it? Ah, I messed it all up. I call it repertoire. Um, but this week, we've got Omar. He is back. I don't know if you remember Omar. He is the man with the voice from the gods. Um, and interestingly, he's going by a new Twitter name since we last saw him here. Right. His new name is Chess Von Doom. Uh, you can check out his earlier episode on September 15th. We're not going to rehash it all. I actually listened to the episode today. It was great. It's one of my favorites. Uh, so I could be ready for him today. And uh, Mr. Chess Von Doom, first question for you. <laughs> yes, sir. What's with the new name? Is this like a, a fun thing or is it a new mentality for you? You know what, man? It's a, it's a bit of both. The It's interesting because uh, when I did it, it was a joke. It was a complete mm -hmm. joke. The um, I've always kind of felt like it would just be funny. I always think thought that Dr. Doom was just the most ridiculous villain in the <laughs> history of Marvel Comics just he's so over the top and so ridiculous and so it actually came about through i started doing memes when i would win blitz games and so it was just a way of like getting content and you say oh, okay well let me just throw the most ridiculous image i can find on the internet of somebody just looking very arrogant and put that next to my my winning position and I said, I'm just going to post these and just see. And so I started getting reactions. I was mostly doing it on Instagram initially. Mm -hmm. And then I said, well, let me throw it up on, you know, so I'm putting it in both places. And then people saw it. And it, I, I started out with the vampires from Twilight, the, the aristocrat, arrogant looking vampires and put them next to the positions. And that got a reaction. And so I said, well, what what more ridiculous thing could I find than this? So I started looking for, you know, any kind of medieval looking king or uh, queen or just anything that, you know, and it, it kind of just devolved from there into the most ridiculous villain I can think of is Dr. Doom. And so I, you go out and he's such an old character that mm -hmm. you can find all kinds of material on him that is so over the top that it went perfect with this persona I was trying to sort of put out there of you're this chess villain that devolved into well, when I win, I, I take your soul away. Yeah. You know, I, I want chess souls yep. that devolved into well, people are like, well, what do you do with these souls? You know, that kind of came up one day. And I, I think mm. I said, uh, I take your soul and I fashion them into chess pieces that are then used in the world chess championship. So, it, now they have a, you know, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't hurt the people. They have a bright future as chess pieces. <laughs> you get to meet Magnus, right? It's, it became, you know, that. And so as that went on and I started realizing, like, this is where I really started to realize that it was starting to catch on a bit. 
I'm online and I'm about to play a game and somebody says something to me in the chat. And it's usually good luck, have fun, you know, or somebody cussing me out or something like that, you know, tell me I'm yeah. trash or whatever. And this time somebody's like, hello, Mr. Doom. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, like, I hadn't changed anything yet. And I'm going, uh, uh, okay. And like, yeah, yeah, I follow you on Twitter. And, you know, I, I see, I see your Dr. Doom memes. And I think they're great. And so I said, I might have something. And so ended up changing it. Once tw- I was like, well, Twitter, Twitter lets me do it. If nobody's taking this, mm-hmm. let me see what I can do. So did it there, did it on Instagram, and then went further with it with, uh, I don't know if you, uh, you noticed this as well, but I also changed all my online accounts. Mm. And there were people that got on me about that. And they should have, to be honest with you, because it was all right. Part of it was the excuse and lies I told myself was, well, you know, what I'm really trying to do is I'm, I'm aligning my socials. This is what I'm doing. It has nothing to do with the fact that I've lost a million games and I can reset everything um, because somehow it's going to be different once I do that. Yeah. The only reason that it has been different is because I play casual games because I'm too chicken to play as many rated games as I did before. So I established a rating and I play casual games because I get so distraught when I lose games that I don't focus on improving, mm. I'm chasing Elo. And so this has been a way for me to sort of reset and, and focus more on actually improving. And it has the added benefit of all of my socials now are aligned, but I'm straight up lying. If I told you that it was just, you know, it's just, it's really, it's not because of the rating or anything. It's just, it's aligned with the socials. You know, those are lies. I sit on the throne of lies if I told you that. <laughs> so interesting. I didn't, I had seen your, you posting a lot about casual games. So can you talk about that a little bit? Like what does playing a casual game give you that playing a rated game does not? So with a, ca- here's the funny thing. I get just as mad when I lose casual <laughs> games. So uh-huh. it's one, it's 100% uh, psychological. I can tell you this, the recovery's faster. When you lose a rated game, uh, there's not only that you lost, but it's this, the, the tilt starts to, I chase the rating. Oh, I lost this many points. I've got to get that back. I had a bad moment. And now, you know, my rating isn't reflective of where I think I ought to be, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Um, that's the part that gets eliminated. It also gave me, and this is actually legit. I haven't played as much on chess.com uh because i feel like that's where i'm going to i only play uh in real time rated games there i don't do any casual games or unrated games there except for dailies i'll get challenges a lot you know as my twitter presence grows and there'll be people that want to play me and i say yeah we can play let's do a daily you know because i'm not those are really just kind of all right i'm just making moves to me i don't really count those but if i'm doing a time control game you know, uh, and with uh, chess.com, everything is considered rapid. So I'll do 45, 45s there, but I'll mm. also simultaneously treat that as a prep for a tournament. So I'll be making the moves over the board as I make them on the screen, just so I can get, uh, and I keep pointing here as though you can see what's next to me. I actually <laughs> have my board sitting here. And so I'll look at the position over the board just so that I don't go to a tournament and then it's sort of like, oh, man, I, I wish I could have a screen where I could see it in 2D because that's all I've been looking at. So it's kind of just to keep the, mm-hmm. a focus on three-dimensional pieces to be able to do that. But on Lee Chess, I only play rated games 
to establish a rating, but also I joined uh, the Leeches 45-45 Lone Wolf group and all of those games are rated and uh, classical time control. So I do have those games, but all of the rapid blitz, anything else, you know, just kind of just my mindless, I'm an addict for chess type games. Those have all been casual. And what that gives you is the freedom to try something and not tilt, you know, as a result, I can, I have a better discipline capping myself at five losses. And I say, I don't say five games because what'll happen is if I lose four and I win one, to me, it resets the counter and I can play, <laughs> play more games. But if I lose five, it's like, all right, you got to walk away. You're, you're trash this morning. Mm. Cut it off and you're not seeing anything well. Take a, take a walk. And that's helping me develop my... Eventually, I want to get off Blitz entirely. I don't know that I ever will. I'm too addicted and it's too easy to get a game. But that's... Uh, the whole mindset behind it was, let's reset everything. Let's have a focus on actual improvement and try not to tilt. So it's almost like it's, it's baby steps. It's almost like I, I have a cigarette addiction and I'm trying to chew gum and do anything I can to get back to where I'm smoke free. Gotcha. And do you feel like it's yeah. working for you? So far uh, it's working. I can tell you this, just the mentality uh, reset. Like there were mornings that I would get up and I'd almost be late to work mm. chasing ELO you know, and things. And so the, it's certainly given me a discipline that I didn't have before, but it also allows me to have a focus on when I do puzzles. Now I don't do puzzles over my phone anymore. Mm. I will sit down at the computer and I will do them there because I treat it more like a position in a real game. And that's something that, uh, my coach, uh, Ian Harris taught me. He said, when you're looking at these, you have to look at it positionally Cause I would just look and say, Oh, this is, you know, I look for the first check and I'd make it. And it's even yeah. easier to do that if you have your phone in your hand and it it feels like a game. It doesn't feel like training for whatever reason, sitting at, at a desk and looking at it uh, either over the board or looking at it on the screen and actually sitting down and evaluating the position helps me perform better with puzzles, you know, as opposed to making it more casual, the same is true when I'm looking at a game and also too, it gives you the freedom to just to experiment with something. It's like, I'm trying to learn a line and I don't want to risk ELO, but if, if um, I'm playing a rated game, you same principle, I'll come, I'll sit in this room, I'll have it over the board. And it's because it feels like you're actually in a tournament setting or trying to simulate those conditions, your games, even when I lose, I lose better. It's, I didn't lose because I blundered something. I lost because I got outplayed. I don't mind that. And I found that it was just bad habits. I had a lot of games mm. in my old accounts that were just three-minute blitz, mindless, you know. And for me, there's something about, you know, having a, a, a set of games that you know aren't the best representation of you, and it's not where your mindset currently is. And while I know there are a lot of people that are go, oh, just ignore those. Just look at your last 30 days or what have you. For me, I'm so obsessed that I couldn't mentally move past it and needed a reset. And so gotcha. excuses, absolutely. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're thinking that it's going to somehow be different. Absolutely. Am I chicken because I'm not doing as many rated games? Absolutely. You know, all of that is true. I won't shy away from any of that. But it's if it helps me get to where I'm trying to get to, 
mm-hmm. to me at the, you know, eventually I'll get to a point where I'm not a chicken anymore. And I actually start playing more of those, but it's helping me today, just mentally yeah. to move past it. And my, my theory with uh, chess improvement is always what works for you works for you. Uh, I've toyed with that myself. Like I've considered yeah. having two accounts, my regular account, and then my I'm tired account, or like I'm not on my A game account. But for me, I think it's gone the other way where I'm a little bit afraid that if I start doing that, then I start treating these ratings more precious than I should because I'm considering my over the board rating to be my real rating. And these are just training games. Right. It's that, you know, I I really wrestled with that quite a bit. Um, I also found out this these last couple of weeks uh, when you lose a whole bunch of games, maybe it's a good thing because what it probably means is now you're underrated. And then you get to win a bunch of games and feel super <laughs> confident. And you're like, oh, I'm a god again. So that was a nice feeling this week. Uh, you know what? You make a really good point, too. though, on over the board being your real rating. And I found after this second tournament, I get that a little bit more mm. than I would have said after the first time that we talked. Because I just didn't have enough experience playing tournaments to really. And I still don't, truth be told, I got 10 games. But that's mm. 10 more than I had. And what I'm starting to be able to see, the more you do this, the online games begin to mean less. They all become training games because you know that it's that USCF or that FIDE that you're like, that's the one that I really want. And I think as I get more of those games, these will mean a little bit less. Yeah, it's interesting because just today I was listening to our interview, right? And you said in there, now that I've done a tournament, I get it. All my other games are training games. And then, uh, so it's, so it's funny, right? And then you like, yeah. don't play a tournament. You don't play in a tournament and then yes, it's hard you go to right that. on back. It's, it's, you're absolutely yeah. right. You're yeah, absolutely exactly. right. Yeah. So, uh, the main reason I wanted to bring you back on is I yeah. saw you played in your second tournament. You were tweeting about it and I just wanted to ask you about it. So let, let's start here, Omar. Yeah. How were you feeling going into it? Were you as nervous as you were for the first one? Or were you just kind of like, I got this. I know what tournaments are like. What was it like going into it? This one was weird, and it's because I was supposed to play in Vegas mm. uh, for the North American Open, and then Omicron was like, you will stay home. You will do nothing. <laughs> Happened to me, too. Yeah, he's like, you will sit there. You know, you will wish you were here is what you'll do. Mm. And so playing the Southern Classic uh, was sort of that makeup tournament. And I, I looked at it, and I said, all right, well, it's only, it gives me three more months of training. My, even my coaches were like, yeah, you got more time. You can focus on some things. You know, you can tweak some things, and we'll continue to, to prep on that. And so I remember for Vegas, I was incredibly nervous before I decided I wasn't going to go. And then when this came around, you get the butterflies, but it's like, all right, it's not like I got to travel. You know, it's, it's here in Florida. You know, let me kind of see, you know, what's what. And so there was an advantage in that I could prepare because I knew the venue. I knew where we would be playing, what ballroom we'd be in. Mm-hmm. This time I actually got a hotel room. Because last time I was, you know, in between your games, you're sitting in the hall and there's nothing that sucks more than you just lost. And now you got nowhere to go. You got nowhere to be. And so you're sitting in the middle of the hallway, just kind of in a pool of your own sadness and tears. (laughs) At least you can go cry alone in your room if you have a room to go to. Right. So I didn't actually stay because I live in the state. I didn't, and it's only like a 30 minute drive. I didn't stay there overnight, but it gave me a retreat where I could go and set up a laptop and, you know, enter my uh, moves in, send things to my coaches, kind of have some conversations and be, you know, isolated in private. 
and then get yourself together and go back out, take a nap, whatever you needed to in between your games. So that was an advantage that I didn't take advantage of the first time is I just didn't know any better. So this time I had that. The other thing that it gives you is you can change clothes between (laughs) your games because you don't realize just how much you're going to sweat out your, your clothes. Mm-hmm. And you're not sitting in that. You get it. You can go get a shower. There's there are little mental things, little physical things you can do that give you a slighter, a slight edge that you know over the first time you played. But to your point, uh, the first time I didn't know better in terms of how nervous I ought to be. Mm. This time I had, I was nervous because I thought I knew better. So there was this weird fear of because i think i know is that a trap for myself do i really not know as much as i think i do and i was not prepared for here's what's interesting i'm in a section last time that was the wrong section it's the under 1500 and so i get obliterated except for one game you know where i got very lucky this time i'm in the under 1200 section Hmm. And there were harder games. Oh, wow. It were because every game I played was a fight. Every single one. All of them went uh, north of two hours. Now, if you're a very high rated player, you go just two hours. That's not that's a rapid game. Right. <laughs> but for me, this is the longest games I've ever played. Right. Um, prior to this, the only person I'd ever played for that long was Daniel Lona. You know, and, you know, we would do training games, 45, 45. Uh, we played a couple of those and those go two and a half and, you know, but you're home, you know, and you're kind of, you're playing it on your computer and then you're, you know, we're talking about the games afterwards. This you're sitting our elbow to elbow with, you know, a bunch of other folks in your section and it's exhausting, you know, because it, it's a, it, I'd never really experienced it at a tournament. And this time it was really, I, cause I do the, they do like a three, they have a three night option. I did the, the three night again. So Friday night, I've got a game. And I, re, I was thinking back because you're doing a comparison because it's almost just deja vu. You get there. And the only difference is uh, I only played one kid this time. That was uh, one of my questions. I noticed yeah. that. so many adults. Yeah, I had four adults. I had one child, you know, that I played. So it was almost like the reverse of that. Last time mm-hmm. I had uh, like one, I had one child, I had, two or three teens and had one adult. So it was like mm-hmm. the, the flip of this, uh, you know, from my first tournament. So I go in for the Friday night game. And funny enough, the first three people I, I played, they're all tatted up. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got like the tattoos just got better with each, per- <laughs> with each opponent I would play. Um, first game, uh, we went about uh, two and a half hours. I think something like 48 moves and I and I forget what I did. I have to look at. It. I haven't studied it yet, but I, I blundered along the way, and he had a promotion threat, and I didn't have enough pieces to prevent it. So I lose that game, and we went and we sat, you know, analyzed it together. And you say, "All right, uh, I got my got I got that out of the way." You know, mm-hmm. it, it's a you, you're disappointed that you didn't win, but it's like the jitters are out. Uh, I should be ready to go for the next day. Quick question though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is, is that so different getting to play an adult and then getting to talk about the game afterwards? The last time, did any of the kids hang around to do that? The kids I've played are like, I'm going out to hang out with my friends, my yeah. old guy. And I'm like, yeah, uh, okay. Much. 
Yeah, there there was the children don't want to analyze with you. The yeah. uh, the adults all did. Yeah. Um, but it was something that I didn't really take advantage of in the last game. But the uh, there was one gentleman that I told you about who came and found me yeah, and said, cool. you know, let's sit down and let's do this. That was another thing that I didn't take advantage of last time that I did this time that mm. there are master players just sitting around. They're just <laughs> yeah. walking around the, the hall. And if you go up to them, they're junkies for it too. They're, yeah, man, I'll look at your game. They can't wait to do it. Right. So yeah. you go into Skittles room with them and break your board out and, and they will give you tips, you know, and nice. I, I did that in the second game. Um, there's a guy that I met named Brent. We share a coach. He and I are both coached mm. by Ian Harris and Ian was telling me, he was like, look, look for this dude, you know, and, mm. you know, let him know, you know, me. And, you know, he's like, man, if you can take a picture, I'd love to have a picture of the two of you. Cause like, He's like, look, both of you are there. I'm rooting for both of you. And so I did. I happened to see him. He was wearing one of Ian's shirts. And mm. so I recognized that immediately. We sat down and he gave me some insights in my second game uh, that what's so funny is you think you see certain things and then a master level player will sit down with you and go, yeah, you shouldn't have done this because there were moves that I was I thought I played pretty well for the, like the first half of that game. Mm -hmm. and he was like well actually you should have done this and you should have done this and you should have done and so you're starting to see things that you thought were good moves that were really not good moves and there were better moves and he just looks at the position takes a glance and can tell you 15 different things that you don't see and you're like how 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 do you do this and this was something that i didn't take advantage of the last time that mm -hmm. this time you know i absolutely wanted to make sure but when I tell you that second game, that it was it was a soul crushing loss. Mm. It was the uh, but it was the one it was probably the most important chess game I've ever played. And this was the one that uh, it's funny. I analyzed it last night with Ian. Uh, it's part of my lesson. And that was hard because it was uh, it's the first time I looked at it since I lost it. And I really didn't know how much it would still hurt to look at it because what makes it bad is that I was a queen up and we like a straight queen, up. straight queen up. Yeah. The, Ooh. and it was, uh, now since we've looked at it prior to us looking at it, I would have said 19 moves. I was Magnus, right. <laughs> you know, I was Magnus for 19 moves. since looking at it with coach coach is like, well, you shouldn't have moved this pawn. Shouldn't have done this. You've done that. So, I was not quite Magnus, no. <laughs> you know, so the, but uh, in fact, the tactic that I used to get the queen probably shouldn't have worked. You know, this was mm -hmm. this guy's first tournament and his second game. Gotcha. And so he was nervous. I mean, this was a guy that uh, kept forgetting to hit his clock. Oh no. And, <laughs> and that is uh, really distracting even to you. Like I could have been evil about it and just not yeah. said anything and thought on his time. But I was like, dude, hit your clock. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to hit my clock. Yeah. And we make another move and I'd sit there and there were times where I would just hit his clock for him and hit mine to restart it just to be like, after a while, I was like, dude, hit your clock. But he just wouldn't do it, you know, and he's sitting there nervous. He's shaking everything. And so um, anyway, we're playing through and I have black. And so I'm playing uh, Kings Indian defense and hadn't really studied it to the degree that i needed to i'm a sicilian player and so 
D four is kind of a, is always a, a challenge, you know, but, uh, my, my coaches won't let me play the perk, which is what I wanted to play, but I don't know that well enough either. But, uh, my, one of my other coaches, uh, Milo, the butcher, he's like, why are you wasting time on the perk? Yeah. He's like, I taught you the Sicilian, you know, you need to get, it's like, he's got way more that you need to do on that. Do that play Kings, any defense, you know, and just do the best you can, but do not play the perk. <laughs> and he sat down with me one day and he was like, here's why you don't play the perk. And he put like, he showed me like just how much of the center you, he could get. And I'm like, yeah. you're, a, you're a master player. You're just, of course, <laughs> you know, and I'd been, I'd been winning with it. And, uh, yeah. it, but I'd been playing, you know, I think the, the ratings of the players I was playing online and blitz games that I was winning with it, uh, you know, they're 500 or something like that. And so mm-hmm. it was, you should win those games, you know? And he's like, you're going to run into me eventually and we're going to destroy you so don't play that stick with the thing get good at this one thing so that's so i didn't play. all right quick question yeah why not just say no like what what gives you the trust in this coach that you're just going to be like you tell me not to play this opening i won't play this opening uh you know what i never thought about that um the (laughs) (laughs) to be honest with you i just kind of said he's scary i said okay man you you told me not to do it you might fly here and beat me up i don't (laughs) So let me just do, you know, your name is the butcher. I don't want those problems. I don't want the smoke, Mm. you know? So I never really thought about it, but it's, it was really uh, just trust in the sense that I've worked with him long enough now Mm -hmm. to know that he, you know, I don't believe that he would steer me wrong, you know, on that. I'm sure that there are other, like, what's interesting is that my other, I have three coaches. My other coach is uh, Bruna Tuzzi. Okay. And oh, and incidentally, man, Bruno got real mad at me because the last time I was on, I didn't mention her by name. So let me make sure that I say Bruna Tuzzi so that okay. when she hears this, all right, she will not fly here from Germany and beat me up. And she's uh, a great coach, right? People should fantastic. sign up and take lessons she's, with her. Yeah, she's she's okay. the coach that, yeah, she's a coach I've had the longest. So she was felt some type of way as she should, you yeah. know, when I she was like, You didn't mention me by name, and I'm like, You're right, that's that's on me. So <laughs> With Bruna, um, <clears throat> Bruna's approach will be like, play whatever opening you want to play. Mm. And she's like, I can't tell you not to play that. But her tactic on that is when you've lost enough games, <laughs> you will come back and you will play the opening that I told you to play in the first place. Ah, okay. You know, so, you know, Maya was more just don't do that. Mm. Bruna is do whatever you want. Eventually you'll come back around and do what you want to do. Ian's approach is, What's so funny was he was the one that taught me how the attack ought to go for Kings Indian, but we hadn't had enough time to really get into the theory behind it. So he was telling me ahead of the game, he's like, okay, look, he's like, it's a king side. Cause I'm like, well, I'll just go to queen side because that's Sicilian. And he's like, well, actually, no, you know, you're not going to do that with Kings Indian. It's actually a king side attack. He said, but I haven't taught you enough theory on this. He said, so get it set up, but then do what you're comfortable doing. Yeah. And so the early moves are indicative of somebody who doesn't know who ran out of theory. Gotcha. And so, you know, and my opponent was playing something really bizarre and I'll, I'll see the game if you want to say, it, but it was mm-hmm. really bizarre setup, but I was able to work it to where I did a deflection with, a, I think it was the light squared Bishop, if I'm not mistaken, where I, I did a deflection with the light squared Bishop, but, and I had a knight that was positioned to where, and his King was sitting in the middle of the board. No, you can imagine wow. he's got yeah. his bishop next to him. I send my bishop out. He takes it with his bishop, and I'm able to jump and get a, a royal fork. Woo. And I and I remember sitting there because uh, you know we masks were optional if you were vaccinated, mm-hmm. 
but I'll wear it anyway um, because I wanted to have to look intimidating with the mask. <laughs> right. So, so you don't have like a rainbow mask with ponies on it then? I do, but I didn't wear this one. You know, I felt like that, you know, that might be even scarier. I actually had a Dr. Doom face oh, you know, mask. Right. Wow. Nice. So I'm, I'm glaring at this guy when I get this fork. Yeah. Because in my mind, I, it's like there's, there's blood in the water. I got yeah. you. You know, and so he even says out loud, he's like, oh, no. <laughs> and when somebody says, oh, no, out loud at a tournament, yeah. you're like, yeah. OK, you're 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 done. You know, and so mm -hmm. the what's so interesting at this point, I'm plus a million. Uh, he does a couple of things here and there. And I think for a while, I'm plus seven. And this guy did not resign. He said he told me later on he almost did. Yeah, he didn't resign. He kept fighting, and eventually my advantage whittled away, and I started jumping in shadows. Uh, uh, and next thing I know, uh, there were so many. I've looked at this thing now. This is like the game I told you about the last time we played. Mm -hmm. Oh, we we uh we met. Very similar situation where only difference is this time, I'm ahead significantly ahead in material, and it was like uh just slowly getting murdered by paper cuts like this guy would just he did so many little annoying things and i after a while i i'm starting to believe that his not hitting his clock was a tactic oh. i think at first it was legit yeah, yeah but he kept then he kept not doing it because he saw it was irritating me especially yeah. when i when i started losing my mature advantage right and he oh oh I, you know <laughs> let me hit my clock now you know, it, it's a <laughs> that thing, man. It, uh, 58 moves later, it like because he actually ended up roll forking me back. Oh man, and it, it's it was just like, and then uh, for the remain, I think I my, my notation is good up to move 40, yeah. And then from the next 18 is I was forgetting the right stuff, I'm mad because he's not hitting his clock, yeah. I'm chasing his king around, he's giving me no counterplay as like he played, he was Magnus. <laughs> you know, after that and eventually i it just was was done and there's nothing more sickening than when you've just lost a game where you are a queen up and your opponent wants to help you pack up oh don't, okay don't yeah. don't help me pack up man go away <laughs> <laughs> don't pack up don't pack up my board just, just get, get away from me right now uh, um, it's also nice yeah. when they're like you know what would have been good if you hadn't let this royal fork happen that's just Thank you. Man, that's exactly what he did. We get so, we, you know, we get it. I get everything packed up. And so I, I want to learn from it because like he may have seen something. So I said, hey, can we, can uh, we analyze? He's like, of, yeah. course, of course we can analyze this game. I'd be happy to. Right. So yeah. we go in, his girlfriend comes running up and he's like, you know, so I got to watch them celebrate and that sucks. Um, <laughs> we sit there and oh, he man. was like, oh man, you know, you, you shouldn't have taken that pawn with the king and you shouldn't have done this and shouldn't have that. And I'm like, I was there. I know I shouldn't have done it. You know, I, I was, I don't know if you remember, I was the guy playing you who did the things and I lost. And so we get done. He rides off in the sunset happy and I got to go back to the room. And there's no pain like losing a game where you're a queen up at over the board at a tournament where you're, it was everything I could do not to do a victory lap in the ballroom. Yeah. I mean, right. I'm, it, this is over. This is done. And this is why I say this is the most important chess game I've probably ever played. Because in that moment, you're going to figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. Who are you? You know, it, it's a, are you a dude who loses this game and quits and goes home? You know, are you a guy that, you know, uh, 
uh, you know, is just, are you done? You know, are you uh, going to just, is it going to get worse from here? You know, have you, have you mentally, you know, given up? And <clears throat> I remember uh, I tweeted about it because I needed to put it somewhere. I'm carrying it. And I'm like, well, let me put it out there. That's the other part that's real embarrassing is that you're, you're tweeting about this thing. You're putting it out there. You've got people <laughs> yeah. that you've told that you're at this thing. They're like, give us your updates. And you're yeah. like, well, I, I got one for you. And <laughs> this is not great. And so there was support, which was really cool. Um, Bruna was pinging me during, during the tournament. And I told her what happened. And she's like, all right, move on. Like Bruna's a savage. You know, she's, uh, all right, get over that. Move on. I'm paying. I know you're in pain. Move on. <laughs> just just, just uh, do it right so yeah. ian was a little bit nicer about it and he goes okay man you know just you gotta you gotta you gotta mentally move past that you know and you know you're gonna be fine it's gonna be all right and so i said all right so i'm sitting there and you have that conversation with yourself you're like all right you know you can either pout and sit here and and go in you know go inside yourself and just tank or you can use it. And this was uh, what really helped me in that moment. Uh, I had listened to uh, Daniel's new podcast. He had an episode where he was talking with um, uh, Yuri, I forget his last name, uh, mm-hmm. but he's talking with him. And the, the, the gist of it was uh, chess is a journey. All right. And so he was talking about that. And that was fresh on my mind. And I said, man, this is all this is all part of the journey. This whole thing is part of the journey. What, how can you use this loss to grow? You know, what can it teach you, you know, about it? And for me, it was, uh, it became a faith thing, you know, where I said, mm-hmm. all right, um, I tend to, to pray a lot and ask for, not necessarily for <clears throat> the outcome I want. And that actually started with uh, Vegas. I was... Uh, you know, I don't ever pray to, to win or lose because my thing is, well, what if that guy's supposed to win? Yeah. You know, what if, what if that's the best outcome? And that's what I started thinking about in Vegas. And I was like, well, as much as I want to win, um, well, it's not like God's rooting for me over that guy. He made both of us. Right. So how do I approach this? So I started, you know, developing a mentality of, well, Lord, whatever the outcome it, that brings you the most glory, that's the one I want. Even if it means I don't get what I want, if you get glory out of it, then that's what I want because that will give me joy regardless of what it is. Until you lose a queen up, then you <laughs> want to throw that all out the window and say, why couldn't we just win? <laughs> yeah. So I end up in that moment, something kicked in and I said, well, what if this is the outcome that gives in the most glory? And it only works if I get, if I don't waste the storm. You, know, you never waste a good storm. If I, if I don't waste it, if I get the lesson from it, then the loss is worth it. And so I said, well, you know, and, and I don't mean tactically, I just mean mentally, your mentality, which is, all right, well, how are you going to respond? How are you going to show them who you are? And so the mindset, and I tweeted this out and I said, okay, I got I to gotta shake this off. Beat me while you can, became the rallying cry, mm. you know, because, all right, I'm, I'm learning take advantage because the minute I figure this thing out, you know, it, you're going to destroy everybody that you can. And so that became the mindset. And so once that kicked in, I washed my face and beautiful again, having a hotel room. 
Uh, I put the the game into the, you know my study, sent it out to all the coaches, and said, "Here it is. Take a look. Let's take a look at it." <clears throat> uh, I go back out. I run into Brent. I said, "Brent, can I show you this game? I just lost. I got to <laughs> you know. Can you just take a look at it?" We uh, set it up. He's like, "Yeah, man, you shouldn't have done this. This and this." Like, "Oh, that fork was cool, but yeah, you know, if you've done this." And what I took away from it, sitting with him was I never did anything once I had an advantage I never did anything to change the position enough to take away his because all he had was traps and tricks because mm -hmm. he didn't have a queen and so if I do anything that disrupts that I can break through and I have the strongest piece on the board and I never took advantage of it and so these are the takeaways I have you know coming out of that game mm -hmm. and my mindset going going forward from there was well You've got three games to go. Even if you don't win another one, you are not going to quit. You are not going to give up. You're not going to give in. You're not going to implode on one game. Hit reset, move forward. And I didn't lose again. Now, I had two draws after that, and I won my, my last game. But I, you know, even on those I played, I was up material. In fact, I was up significant material. And I think the, it got in increasingly better the games were all very long um but the recovery in fact ian even said to me he's like man i he, I, don't, I don't think he expected me to implode <laughs> but i think it was kind of one of those things where he was like if you had imploded i probably you i wouldn't have been surprised because that's a devastating yeah. way to lose i think but a lot of said, people would have yeah he goes man you know when i told him i won my last game he was the first person i reached out to i texted him i said yes coach i won you know won my final game and he's like, you know, you could like almost see the excitement in, in his response of is like, you see what, what can happen when you're resilient, you know, when you don't give up. And that uh, dare I say, man, I became I became a chess player that in that game, in that in that loss, because you you don't know who you are until that happens. And it was the probably the most important game I've ever played. Is <laughs> that one. That's fascinating stuff. You said that. Um... You know, you're going to beat me now, maybe, but, but, you know, I'm going to get there. So what is there right now? Like, what are your, what are your chess goals? Are you, uh, I think last time you said you were shooting for 1800, have those altered at all? What are we looking at? The, the, the overall goal hasn't changed. <clears throat> I actually, I think when I, I don't know, did I tell you when I first got started, like the goal was grandmaster. Oh yeah. I'll tell you about that. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I wrote it on post-it note and everything. I'm going to be a grandmaster in three months, just like Beth Harmon. Right. So then, you know, you kind of walk that back mm -hmm. and, you know, it became uh, 18. Now it's kind of, you know, I was looking at norms and different things and I said, OK, you can you can become a national master with 2200, sure. you know, and there's no norms to get. Mm -hmm. Now, I say that as though eh, tomorrow I'm going to wake up, stretch on and I'm going to be a national master. Right. Yeah. Like like even talking to Ian, who is a national master, was like, uh, it's not easy. He's <laughs> like, you're yeah. going to have to get a lot better. And there's there's a lot that, you know to be done but that is the goal uh okay. is 22 but really sometime before i go in the ground i have yeah. no there's no date attached to it i'm not a young man so the learning curve is going to be a bit longer but i mm -hmm. this is all i do like i literally gave up every other hobby or passion i'm a musician i have not touched my instruments since i got into chess uh oh this might not be a good thing you know, yeah, it's a, you know, it's, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I went, I mean, I did that for years, you know, I did it for years. And this was something that I'm like, you've never done this. And I'm the type that 
when I'm in, I'm all in, you know, like this is something I'll do forever. Like this is my forever thing that I'm going to do. And so it's like, all right, I got to have that, that big target on the, you know, on the horizon that mm. I'm shooting for. But the more realistic goals are, okay, what can I do today to yes. improve and to, to go forward? And you mentioned, um, you know, uh, coach Toth's new course, you know, on chessable. So I bought that, you know, I always mm -hmm. wanted to support the community. I got that. Yeah. I started, you know, digging into that, uh, trying to get some of those pieces. I'm like, all right, well, how many of those, like you mentioned that you had gotten through all the Fisher's games, I think you said at the top. Uh, were, I, like, I'm at them. like 27 or something. All right. So those are now like the types of targets and goals that I can look at and say, I want to get through this many chessable courses by this date. I want to play in these many tournament games. Gotcha. And they're, they're not, I feel like if you do the things that, you know, have those types of goals, the mm -hmm. rating will come and yeah. you'll look up and you'll be like, oh, I'm this rating now. I didn't even realize. But if you say yeah. the rating is the target, then yeah. I think you might miss all of the steps that take you to that. And that's something that um, right now, man, the focus is how many tournaments can I play in, you know, realistically, you know, and what is the actual training method? Like uh, I was talking with Bruna and she was like, you've got to get better at end games. You know, and what's happening now is my games are going longer, which is something that I didn't every single I had five games in this tournament. All of them were north of two hours and they all came down to end games, you know, and things and just tactics. And when you're playing 10 minute, five minute blitz games and you know, it's over in a couple of seconds, you're not thinking about over the board what it, you know, that you're going to see, you know, King Pong end game because yeah. you don't see it any other time. But then when you start running into that and you don't know what to do, then that's problematic, right? So now I'm starting to look at things like, all right, well, if you're going to back up that claim of beat me now while you can, mm -hmm. then you better have the tools when that time comes because there are going to be some people that say, well, you told me to beat you and I guess I still can, right? <laughs> you know, right? So. I, you know, I, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm adequately equipped, but this is where my coaches are going to come in and I need to look at that and, and where the chess community comes in and asking those mm -hmm. questions and say, all right, well, now that I've gotten to this stage and have this much experience, what's going to take me to the next place that yeah. I want to be. So what's your focus then? What are you working on opening strategy end games, or are you just kind of doing everything? What's, what's been your focus lately? So um, it's really had been, I hadn't really focused on any, any changes because everything had been gearing up to get to the tournament. Mm -hmm. So when I played the tournament, I, I played uh, Bishop's opening with white when they let me, um, when they didn't let me, it was, uh, you know, if I, when you're E4, you're facing, what's so funny is the first guy I played, I, my first game was with white and I, he played the Carol mm. and I had not done any real study on the Carol con, which seems ludicrous when you think you're an E4 player. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that now in hindsight, but I wasn't really thinking about it. And it was, uh, again, I keep bringing up Daniel. He was the one that told me he was like, uh, cause he and I had played a daily game where he played the French defense and he just obliterated me. And I think it was like an over and like I got resigned to 17 moves. And after that, we get on a call and he's like, okay, look, have you seen the French? And I was like, I, I was like, no, I didn't even know what you were doing. And he was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're an E4 player. You're going to need to know how to defend against this. You're going to need to know how to defend against the Khan. And, you know, 
he had said it, it was kind of like a throwaway. It was months ago. And it came back up into my mind days before the tournament. I'm like, I should probably study that. (laughs) (laughs) And so I opened uh, chess base up and, you know, I look up the lines and everything. And so I'm kind of, I memorized no theory, memorized the first 15 or so moves and Mm -hmm. just kept, you know, I kept running it and running it and running it uh, a couple days before I actually play the game. And I sit down and he plays a carol and I go, thank God I looked at that yeah. you know, because now I, you know, I know at least the first few responses mm-hmm. uh, of what, you know, I need to do. And Ian and I had actually, I told him and he was like, well, here's, let me give you some quick theory, you know, on this. And so I had enough theory to get me through 20 moves. And then mm-hmm. after that, it was like, uh, okay, hopefully. And again, this is why you lose. You, yeah. you kind of get through it. And so, uh circling back targets going forward are i need to get better at the lines and the theory for the openings that i'm playing i've got enough what i call losing experience to have seen or pattern recognition experience of i know when i see this i've lost this way yeah that's the beginning of knowledge relative to this of oh i know not to do that oh i know when you play two queen h5 you could beat me in four moves. So let me do these things I know to defend against that. Um, I've got that kind of knowledge relative to the openings that I play, but what I've got to get is the why behind it. And so that's why I bought uh, the course, the chessable course, because I want to get into all of those lines around it, uh, E4 for beginners. Um, and then for black, again, I play the Sicilian, I play uh, King's Indian. And so I want to get deeper. I want to know the known things. There are certain things if you play certain lines, you should just know and not go into a tournament on hope chess. I hope they play into my prep, right? I don't want to be that because yeah. no one will. No yeah. one will. You know, you, you think they will. In fact, there was one player who did play into uh, a line that I liked. I like playing the Eurosoft Gambit you know, because if, when it works, it works real well. And so my third game, uh, I finally got E5. And so mm. I was able to play the bishop's opening. And then uh, she made that, uh, I forget which side of the board it is, but it's a knight move. And then, which allows me to do everything I want to do and get my setup where I can push uh, the deep on. Mm. And the, she defended very well. And there were people afterwards that were like sitting next to me watching the game. And afterwards they were like, dude, you played a gambit, you know, at this, you know, on this, like no one does that. Like that, that one at this level, you know, at, at tournament, like, why are you doing that? <laughs> we went the distance and ended up in a draw. Mm. Um, and it kind of went back and forth. And even looking at it now, I still haven't analyzed it. I think I could have won that game. Uh, I was a, uh, I was ahead in material even at the point where we gave the draw. But I was so terrified because of how I lost game two that I just agreed to the draw when it was offered. I was like, yeah, I'll take it. And, you know, and, you know coaches are like, why'd you do that? I'm like, yeah. well, I was exhausted. So, <laughs> the, um, you know, but it's... Uh, I didn't have enough. This was the big thing that I saw going into, you know, these next games. I'm with the exception of the first one, I'm ahead in material for four straight games. Mm. At some point in the game, I'm ahead. And Bruna says this to me, not I'm paraphrasing, but she goes, you're not used to winning. <laughs> you know, which is like, right. She was like, you know, you, you don't like what she meant was mm-hmm. you're not used to playing with a material advantage. Yeah. And she's like, look, you, you know, you get there, you have a material advantage and you don't know how to finish it off because you're not used to being in this position. So she's like, 
you've got just enough theory to get to a point where you don't know how to close it out. So I need to know, go deeper mm. in the stuff that I actually play. So that would likely be step one in terms of that's a goal. Another goal would be playing more tournaments. Another goal is going to be get better at your end games, get better at your basics. Mm. And then, you know, the, I think as I play more tournament games, the next steps will become clearer as I go forward, but I'm, I'm not at baby steps anymore where you can afford to kind of just get away with, well, I don't know any better. Yeah. I'm at a point now where it's like, you can play well enough to have an advantage in your section, play well enough. Like, what if I actually focus on that and get deeper in the lines? How much more confidence will you have in those situations the next time? you're playing and i think um the next one i'm set up for is the chicago you know mm. open in may and i believe the section is under 1000 and Ooh. so if like yeah there's you should have some chances yeah. going into that now mind it's a, it's a bigger tournament but um you should have some opportunities if i take all of the you know this knowledge and actually focus then you give yourself the best opportunity to, to have a positive result so what are your uh, USCF rating right now and your chess.com rapid? Did it go up after the tournament? Did it drop a bit? Where, how's that working? Here's the funny thing. I had a better tournament than I did the first time, but my rating dropped. Um, it's all provisional. You know, the, yeah, yeah it's, uh, I had, you know, the first time I had a point. Um, so I lost four games, won one game, you know, one point. This yeah. time I had one win, two draws. So I had two points yeah. uh, and lost 76 rating points. It, well, here's the funny thing. <laughs> It, it doesn't show, like, if you go look me up on USCF, you still see 970. But if you click into the latest tournament, you yeah. see minus, you know, I think it's like 894 or something like that now. So, uh, but it still shows that. So I'm, I'm thinking eventually that will write itself. But yeah. I'm not sure because it, it, it keeps showing it. Yeah, it takes a bit for them to be able to do it. But going into Chicago, I'll be sub 900. And it, even talking with Coach Ian, he was like, don't worry about it. He's like, it's provisional rating. Yeah. You got to play more games. I think it's uh, 25 or 30 or whatever it is. You have it before it's locked in. Yeah. And then he's like, then you can worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. first 25, it's so dependent on the rating of your opponent. Right. So like you could just yeah. enter like the under 2000 section, lose every game and be like, I'm 1600. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and the, the, and plus the guy that, beat me in the second game it was unrated and i think they're harsher to you when you lose to an unrated player but unrated player man you just like they're wild card you don't know what they really are yeah you sure. know i looked this guy up online on chess.com he's like uh like 13 1400 oh, you know, wow. online you know so this is you know, the guy you're up a queen against that. by the way up a queen against that guy okay yeah. so that's um, something to take away right like you were up a queen yeah totally against a pretty decent player pretty decent player yeah it, it's uh that's the part that i'm like the so you were talking about online as well mm. the i'll give you what it was before i reset because the reset are kind of you know fungible <laughs> you know like i'm yes. sitting like at, uh 1270 or something rapid that's a lie from the pit, uh. right it's a I, that's that's not a real win that's based on like two games that i've yeah. been i was i was like i've been too chicken to play more than that um <laughs> the but if you go off of what you know the established ratings on leeches uh, I think I'm 1398 classical there. So you do, was it minus 200, which is around 1200 chess yeah. com or what have you. Um, 
you know, the, I'd have to actually, I'm curious, is it, if you can take your casual games and throw them into mm. a, a system where you can see if these were rated, yeah. what the rating would be. I don't know. It's probably not legit. You know, Doesn't that, that just, defeat you know, the whole purpose of the casual game? That it does, sir. That it does. <laughs> that it does. I want to know what it would be without the risk, oh, right? <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. But it's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I think it, it's a, the only way for me to do it is for me to stop being a chicken, you know, and, and doing it that way. Um, I'll get there. I'm not there today. I'm still scared. <laughs> but probably about 1,200 is is where I'm thinking it would probably, you know, land, you know, on yeah. that for all of them. So for your openings work, are you using chessable or are you usually using chess base or are you using a combo? Using a combo. I just got oh. chess base, um, probably much to the chagrin of everybody who told me not to buy it. You know, mm. but what's so funny is because uh, you know how it is. You'll go online and you'll say, should I get this? And you'll have 100 people tell you no. Yeah. And, and all my coaches were like, well, don't you want to be a national master? And I was yeah. like, yeah. And they were like, well, you're eventually going to need that. And so I went ahead and I got it. Um, and got it set. And once I figured out how to set it up on a Mac, I was very happy that I had it. Hmm. Um, that being said, Leeches has a very nice system too, you yeah. know, where you can get a lot of the same stuff. In fact, what I even like about what they do is you can see best moves against people who you would probably be playing. Yeah. So you can look at what the masters do, which nobody you're playing is going to do what they did. And you can look at what the person who's probably you and what they're most likely to do. And that was how I drilled for the Carol mm. and how I was able to get some of those, uh, at least you know, enough to get sound for the first 20 or so moves against an opponent who was really good. In fact, the first guy I played, he was 1122, you know, in terms of his USCF rating. So uh, the other big thing that I've been doing is online. Now, mind you, this isn't always legit i always go and i look up the person if they have a very high rating and i get a win i almost don't even trust it anymore it's like wait you know especially if you're if you're 1900 and i play you even if it's blitz and mm -hmm. and i beat you i'm going to look you up to see how many actual legit games you played. and more mm -hmm. often than not you look at their other time controls and they're more equal to where uh, you are and they just don't have enough games you know on yeah. that but i set my settings to plus 500 of my current rating mm -hmm. and then a zero behind so i don't want I, I want it to at least be equal but stronger players and gotcha. so you know that way it, it's a if you play enough stronger players when you then sit in your section mm -hmm. and play somebody who what i'm finding is the level over the board at a tournament is almost is very similar to that higher level player that you'd see online because yeah. I, the in the fourth game, I played a 10-year-old child. <laughs> and this girl, man, it took all everything I had mm. to get a draw from her. <laughs> it took yeah. every like it, it's just she's gonna be a phenomenal player. Um, was incredible. Um, you know, but the I'm looking her rating, her USCF rating is now in the 700s. But it was six, I think, I want to say 676 or 636. Oh, wow. And that's deceptive because you think, okay, this shouldn't be too hard. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm at this point, 300 plus rating points higher than my opponent, 10. All right, you know, how quickly can I, can I, you know, do this? She fell for, uh, there's a, a queen check you can do uh, as black. And if the knight is exposed, you can check and take. Mm -hmm. She fell for that. So I'm thinking, 
all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do yeah. this. I made one mistake and it was all she wrote. I made uh-huh. one mistake and she was defended and bear and almost had me, um, mm. you know, and it, it was the a learning from the second game of, okay, you need to change the position. You need to be a bit more aggressive yeah. that allowed me to fight for a draw. Um, and she was real cool about it. Cause I offered it to her. I'm like, you know, do you want to have a draw at one point? She was like, yeah, I'll take it. You know, and this was, mm. you know, we're 50 moves into this thing. Yeah. Um, so she was pretty cool about it, but the, um, her strength level was similar to these stronger players I'm seeing online, you know, mm-hmm. and that gave me the wherewithal to be able to survive in those longer games that you'd have with the board. It's just different, man. I mean, I'll tell you, you yeah. enough, I'm, you know, it's just a different mindset. It's a different mentality. And so I'm looking at these things of saying, how can I train for that? What are the best things that I can do? So some of it is, yeah, let me look at chess space. Let me, let me get deeper into the theory. Let me get deeper in the lines. But I feel like that has to be prioritized because you can't eat an elephant whole. You got to go bite by bite, right? So mm-hmm. what can I do on, like, I think the first lines that uh, Coach Toth's class goes into is like the Evans Gambit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this week, let me, you know, go deep in the Evans game. Maybe next week I'll go into some other, you know, and the idea is I'm going to repeat that course until I've gotten all those lines cold. So you're going to switch to all the lines in his course. I'm going to switch to all the lines in his course, go deep into those Mm -hmm. uh, before I really move and just kind of, you know, complete that and then go back and just get in that, in a, and he have almost woodpecker in a sense of Mm -hmm. line memorization, try to understand the theory while playing those particular openings to just get the depth, to get to almost try to simulate what you'd get over years of playing over the board through throwing myself into the coursework. The thing is I've had, you know, because I think like chess courses are like chess books, mm-hmm. For whatever reason, when you're a lower level player, you want to buy a bunch of books because you think it makes you good. At least that was my mentality. I'm a good player because look at my look at my chess library. It's so fantastic. <laughs> Therefore, I am a good player, right? And it's no, you're just a dude. A bad player owns a bunch of books, you know, and owns a bunch of courses that you haven't finished or taken mm-hmm. or this. And I thought, what if I actually took the courses I paid for? Mm-hmm. What if I actually finished them instead of just blitzing the pain away? What if I actually studied? What does that look like? You know, so. It's getting more targeted into that. I'm good as far as like having coaches and getting that. Mm-hmm. But even as often as I sit and train with coaches, there's more you can do. You're, the players that I know that I look up to, that I respect and admire, they're always going through, they're making flashcards. Mm-hmm. They're, they're reading books, go, playing through games and books and saying, I just finished, like you just said, oh, I just finished this many master games playing through yeah. on my own. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, that's where I want to be. Mm. You all are the ones, you're my chess heroes. You're the ones that I'm trying to be like. Well, if I want to be like you and the Daniel Lonas of the world and, you know, the Nick Vissels, you know, of the world, uh, then I need to do what you guys are doing, you know, and study the way that you're studying and be, the, and be like Neil Bruce and have every time, you don't ever see him, you rarely see him posting games. Yeah. He's always talking about flashcards though. <laughs> yeah. That dude was like, I just finished making 10 million flashcards for this. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like, well, why is he doing that? Oh, because that's what it takes yeah. to get that, that memorization in to be on that level. And so 
that if you want to be on that level, you got to do what those people on that level are doing. And so that's now becoming the focus. But at the same time, I am a chess addict. I know I'm going to play a bunch of games, but I can't let those games be something that demoralizes me into tilting because I'm just not good enough yet to win enough of them. To like your point earlier, where you were like, I got sick, I lost a bunch of ratings points, but I know how good I am. I'll come back and I'll get that back in my sleep. That's because you study. I mean, I'm looking behind you mm -hmm. at all the books. As you, had, you, you, you go about it the right way, which is why you're at the level that you're at. I want to be in that same space. So I need to do the things that you're doing. All right. I got a tough question for you, man. This might be scary. Yeah. yeah. What the butcher tells you, I don't like those, those openings. You got to drop them. What are you going to do? Are you going to go with your chessable course? Or are you going to go with your coach? Uh, how are you going to balance these competing? Ooh, that is, uh, that's interesting. I think if I say to him, I really want to play this, hmm. I've got a good enough relationship with him where I think he would do what Bruna does, which is, okay. all right, go, go, <laughs> let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. I tell you what, he is, he has not steered me wrong yet. So, nice. you know, um, but I think it's one of those things, man, where uh, I, I see your point though. I've got to grow to a place at some point where my chest is strong enough that I, I know enough. That's just it. I may answer my own question. I don't know enough about these lines and these openings mm -hmm. to know whether or not he's telling me the right thing or not. I am basing it on his level and a, and a title, you know, on things that I go, well, based on your credentials, you must be valid and credible. But I should want to be in a position where I know I like because uh, Robert Ramirez is the one who who's taught me the perk. He loves it. He's got mm. a title. He's got a rating. You know, he's he's known. Uh, he swears by it. He's like, man, if I need a win at a tournament, I'm playing this. Mm. And, you know, he's well in the 2000s himself, 2400, whatever it is, you know, his rating is. Yeah. So why not? You know, you know, why is his ice not as cold as <laughs> Coach Miles? Right. You know, so. Yeah. To your point, I need to be in a position where I know enough theory to be able to make that decision for myself. I'm just not there today. And so, That's fair. you know, it's, it's more like, all right, well, let me listen. Let me listen to you until I can make, you know, I know have enough knowledge to make my own decision. And it, for me, playing the perk was based on me beating up on, you know, 500 level players in a blitz tournament yeah, and feeling good, good one day. It feels amazing. Like this is the greatest opening in the world because I just won 12 or 15 games or whatever it is. Yeah. That's not a reason to play it's because I'll get eaten alive, you know, by that 10 year old. Yeah. You know, okay. She probably knows theory. Yeah. Um, we're getting low on time here. So I'm just going to ask you a few questions that I came yeah. up with based on our last interview. These are, these are smaller ones. So here's the first one. Yeah. Is your favorite player still Magnus or has that changed at all? Magnus is still my favorite player. Um, okay. You know, especially after I'd never had the opportunity to watch him defend the championship mm. because I didn't know because well, you know I didn't know it was a thing so yeah. to watch him against Nepo uh and to follow along it was uh like fascinating like I would watch it'd be on somewhere in the house mm. you know no matter what I was doing and I you know again it's it's a long you know your hours so you go in yeah. you know you walk by the tv and you know the position changed and you know they're doing something uh the game that they played I want to say it was like the third game, whichever game went six hours. Mm. Um, that was just, you would think that two dudes sitting at a desk 
moving wooden pieces would not be as exhilarating <laughs> as that was. Yeah. But I was I was enthralled for six hours. So especially getting to see your favorite player defend. Um that, you know, it, it's a Magnus Wall would always be my guy because he was champ when I when I yeah. discovered my interest. So yeah, that's still that's still my favorite player. Yeah. I'll be curious to see if that changes at all as you really hone your style and you find other players that play in your style, if you like gravitate towards them or not. I, I think it's just one of the interesting things with having like yeah. models versus heroes and how do those match I think up. you're I think you're absolutely right. I do think it will it will develop like that, you know, as I, you know, sort of find my way. I don't really have uh, a style yet. And I say that uh, that's a recent development and it's based on something that coach Toth said uh, funny enough in his course, there's a line that he says, and I'm going to butcher it, but uh, it was, he goes talking about an aggressive style versus a defensive style versus a positional style. And his basic quote was, you should be all of those things. He's like, Mm -hmm. be a good, basically be a good chess player. It was his position. And again, I'm paraphrasing it and probably saying it wrong. But that was like when he said it, it was like, huh, he, it's like, you know, be water, you know, if, to, to quote Bruce Lee, yeah. right? You know, adapt and adjust, be good at all of it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that was, you know, his, his mentality. And I, I never really looked at it that way. I was ready to pigeonhole myself into, uh, yeah. well, I'm an aggressive player. Yeah. I, I attack. And he's like, well, you should be able to attack and defend and position and kind of adapt. And yeah. Magnus can do all of those things. So, um, you know, that's that's uh, the mindset that I'm trying to to adapt to be good all, at all of it. But to your point, um, yeah, I do think that it, it may well adjust or it might solidify the love I already have. You yeah, know? it might deepen it. So you know, we'll see. Um, last time you talked about hoping to get to a point where you could kind of pay forward um, the kind words and the help you've received in the chess world. I was wondering, have you had any opportunities to do that? Are you still, is that still something that's like a part of your journey that you're looking to do at some point? How, how's that going? Yeah. The, um, I have not been able to do it to the degree that I want to yet. And that's simply because I'm not a strong enough player, but yeah. what I, I, I have done is you it's support where you can, um, you know, the Daniel starts a podcast. So you write a review, you, you know, when he posts that, Hey, I, you know, I did this when you were like, Hey, you know, uh, put a review, I think it was on Reddit or something like that. Mm, you know, when we yeah. talked about that, you know, absolutely, you know, um, no problem. Happy to, uh, you, you can't coach anybody up or give but even though there, there have been a couple of moments, like people will ask me, will DM me on, you know, on Twitter and say, well, how'd you find a coach? You know, should I get a coach? Do you have a recommendation for a coach? Um, you know, how often do you study this? Or, you know, where'd you, so there are things that I can contribute, you know, to that. Um, and I try to answer those things as I can. And for the players that are already at a master level or a title level, or just very strong players, if they are doing something, I try to be very supportive and say, is there anything I can do? Even down to, um, you know, if somebody needed a training game and they're a stronger player, now, typically they're not going to play me because I'm, you know, it's, it doesn't really help them. But I offer it because you say, well, what can I do to help? How can I, if, you know, it will benefit me. And so uh, there have been players who have said, yeah, I'll, you know, let's, let's get a game in 
because it'll at least get my, my juices flowing. I, I, I get this from my days in jujitsu, you know, where I would have uh, some of the black belts that I trained with would have a tournament coming up and I might not be competing in it, but they are. And I would say to them, look, I can't beat you. I don't even know if I can help you, but if you just want to drill, I'll, I'll show up and you'll have a warm body to beat up and throw around, you know, going into your tournament. And there, there's some of them that are like, yeah, dude, come on, come through You know, let's, I'll take you up on that because mm -hmm. what they would typically do is they would say, all right, I'm going to start out in a, in a position where you have an advantage uh, and then I'm going to, you know, I'll work my way out of it. So <laughs> it evens it out and we would do positional things. Like I'm, they might start out in my side control and mm -hmm. have to work out. You know, and they knew things that I couldn't stop, but mm -hmm. they would get in the reps and the work. So I've offered those types of things. So you mm -hmm. help out where you can, um, you know, and the goal, I think the best thing I can do is get better. And then I can really help them, you know, because you're, you're an actual threat to beat them. On the other side, you know, as I know more, you know, the more people will seek you out. And um, at this point right now, there's a lot of folks that just will follow me or find me on Twitter and just want to play. You know, and even that I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's, how can I grow the community? How, what things can I do? Um, uh, Jen Shahadi just wrote a book, uh, chess Queens, a bite. I bought that, uh, you know, nice. tweeted about it and so forth and, you know, promote that and recommended it. These are things that I think you can do to, to help grow the game. And so I've been trying to focus on some of those things, you know, as nice. well. Speaking of that. There's a, yeah. there's a really cool tournament coming up at the Charlotte Chess Center that's like late May. No, no, no. It's late April, early May. It's the adults only over 21 tournament. It just looks like such a cool tournament. So I just encourage all the adult improvers out there. Like if you want to see tournaments like this, this is a great tournament to support because that like the more people that show up to this thing, the more chances they are to run another one that someone else will be like, Oh, that was successful. I never would have dreamed that's successful. So I, I think it's a, just a really fun event where uh, adult improvers can kind of get together. And it's almost like a tournament and not a guarantee that you'll have people that you can resonate with and have good, uh, you know, post game mortems with, but I think there's a good chance for it. So it's pretty exciting stuff. Dude, I need a link to that. The, the <laughs> Yeah. The, as soon as you said it, I'm like, I, I need that. Yeah, I'll put yeah. the I'll put the link in the show notes. Let me know if you're going okay. by any chance. Like this is one of those events where I really want to go, but it's actually like four days after my wife's birthday, and she's like, "Hmm, what?" Hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, you, you, uh, you need yeah, to think, know. you know, with a, uh, you know, that that's that's taking your life in your hands, there, my brother." Yeah, so yeah exactly. <laughs> there's some uh, there's some balancing happening here. I have a feeling truth, it won't happen, truth. but uh, you never know. I'll definitely let you know if I go. It's uh, yeah. that might be a nice tune up uh, for Chicago. So, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Here's one. This might be a tough one, man. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember when your online opponent said to you, you're so amateur? <laughs> or have you like gotten past that? Does that haunt you to this day? Did I just put you it, in a bad mood? Do you remember? No, that? no, man. It, it's, uh, I do remember that. And it, it, uh, what's so funny about that was I think that same, the same week. I got the blitz win against the national master, which then somebody online said, uh, well, that wasn't really a national master that you're playing. It was probably his little brother picked up his phone, you know, or something. <laughs> and I, I, I'm cracking up thinking about thinking back to that. And the 
funny enough about that, it doesn't really, I don't think about it anymore. It doesn't really bother me. It bothered me at the time. There's a beautiful thing called Zen mode that, that will eliminate all of that. Um, I, I have since turned chat off for everybody, but friends. Okay. Uh, and then now, especially when I set up uh, reset my accounts, like you can't even challenge me unless we're friends you know, oh. on that. And so there'll be people that are like, Hey, can you, can you accept my friend request so that, you yeah. know, um, I can actually send you this challenge. I mean, and this is happening on like stuff I've signed up for, for like Lone Wolf. So I've got <laughs> yeah. to like, oh, let me follow you so that you can actually challenge me. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I try to avoid some of those things. But even if they happen now, they're, they're kind of, I think when we talked about it before, I hadn't had enough uh, over the board games. Mm. And it's funny how that doesn't happen over the board. Yeah. Funny how when you're sitting across from somebody, it's all respect. Hey, let me, you know, I know I just beat you, but yeah. let me help you pack your chess pieces up. You know, let me show you some etiquette. Like, it's funny how you walk up to somebody that uh, I saw that guy later on in a tournament. And this, okay, so this was funny. Um, uh, his name is Christian. So I see Christian later on and he's sitting with his buddies and I come walking up and I'm kind of looking at him, giving him this look like, yeah, it's you. <laughs> you christian you wanted to so he's cracking up when he sees me and uh he looks at his buddies and he goes this is the guy <laughs> and, and his buddies go this is the dude this is the queen up dude this is the queen up dude yeah, so I was queen up dude. Dude. yeah. Yep. and we, we sit down and i asked him i said well man how you know how are you making out he's like, oh man i won this game and i did this and i got one more game coming up and so forth and <laughs> he did pretty well like he um he went on and had, uh, I think he finished 16th out of 50. Wow. So, you know, and going in unrated for his first tournament, it's not bad at all. Yeah. Um, you know, so he was, my whole point is here's a dude that, gave, that handed me my worst soul crushing defeat uh, at a tournament. I see him later on and I'm like, man, good luck to you. You mm -hmm. know, uh, I'm rooting for you. It's not, you're so I want revenge. I did friend yeah. him on chess, chess.com. So I, and I did tell him I will get you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will have my vengeance, but since I'm not playing anymore, good luck to you, man. And, you know, yeah. I want to see, you know, I'm happy for him that he did, you know, he did well, all, all of my opponents finished and scored very well. Nice. Um, and so that's the, I worry less about like, that was just one instance, you know, one bad apple out of a bunch. You will have some folks, one thing I can't stand, man, is you'll have because uh, I post a lot online and I'll post mm. positions and I had to quietly block a guy mm. who is the type of type who is the type of person where you post something and they're the type of person who you ever meet somebody, man, that would cross the street to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> like you, you, you across the street yeah. doing something entirely different right. and they will, you know, jaywalk. It's to run up on you to say, hey, listen, you know what? You probably shouldn't have uh, taken with the king. I, was, I came over here just to tell you that. And now I'm going to I'm going to go back across the street. But I just had to make sure that you knew that mm -hmm. that you were wrong for that. Yeah. And there was this one dude who every morning, no matter what I posted, would be <laughs> like, you know, hey, you know, just so you know, you you shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done that. So, and the first time, first several times, yeah, I just kind of let it be. And then there was one day he asked me, he's like, you know, do you know what development is? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, do you know what this block button is? <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was the, I'm done. No, I don't need, yeah. and it, yeah. that's the closest I've come to. You're so amateur. You're so this, you're so that. Yeah. Um, 
it, <clears throat> it kind of makes me chuckle, but it's a, you just kind of quietly move on from it. And I'm finding that the more you, I'm sure, deal with this, the more popular your show becomes, you know, the more you're going to have some of that element that wants to come in and wants to be disruptive as opposed to encouraging. And I have to say, Omar, I have been so stunned. Every other community that I've been a part of where I made some sort of content, that would always happen every time, right? As soon as people are like, I like that guy. People are like, you know who I hate? That same guy. (laughs) That that, that guy. (laughs) I just haven't had that in the chest. I'm just waiting for like the anti-Dr. Skull community to develop that. But it hasn't yet. I'm I'm a little surprised. So thank you. We got to get you more popular, then, man. That that's you know. You know. <laughs> I guess that's the <laughs> right, right. <laughs> not big enough for the haters yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. We got to get you know. You got to grow, and then the hate will yeah. you know they'll find you. Yes, I've, I've just been <laughs> shocked so far. Well, Omar, it sounds awesome. like you've got a bunch of over the board tournaments coming up. Uh, well, at least one, the Chicago Open. Do you have one, any more yeah. on, the, on the horizon after that one? Or is that kind of like the one you're looking I'm, at? That you'll, I'm you'll thinking about on. going to, uh, there's one in Connecticut that I know Ian's going to play in. And so I'm debating that one, but it'll depend on, because, you know, going to Chicago is not cheap. Yeah. And so, you know, and this one I think is right on the heels of that. So it just, it just depends. If, uh, mm-hmm. if, if I save enough of my pennies, you know, then... I, I desire to, we got, what's nice is that we have enough now that are, you know, in 2021 or 2020, nothing, you know, and now there's actually enough events that you, you can pick a bunch between now and the end of the year yeah. to actually be able to go to. And now this one that you just mentioned, I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm thinking about all of the, the ones that are uh, chess action. And I'm, this one just sounds like it's a local club, you know, that, yeah, man, let me go to Charlotte. Let me play in that too. So I think that it, it's uh, definitely I'm going to try and take advantage of as many as I can, especially if they're driving distance. Like if you if they have something in Georgia, you know, that's five hours, you know, eight hours or whatever it is from where I am here in uh, central Florida. I'll make that drive. You know, I'll do that. I'll drive up and play. So it, it's uh, in Charlotte's about nine hours. Oh, I yeah, do that. Bad. Yeah. So it's not too bad. You know, there's you don't have to fly everywhere. You can come up, play for a day, drive back. It's, yeah. you know, I, I'd absolutely do that. I'm thinking about going to uh, Vegas. What is it? June, end of June, maybe that the big, the big tournament end of June. That that's the one that I've got on my calendar where I'm like, okay, I'm try to hit this one. This is the one. This is the one I'm targeting. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, Omar, like yeah, what a pleasure it's been having you back. You Always, man. First uh-uh. return guest. Wow. I just, you know, like after I saw your tweets again, I was like, he's. He's playing another tournament. I want to hear about this event. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll have you uh, again soon, Omar. So where, where can people it, reach you if they want to contact you online and maybe maybe get some training games with you? So it is, uh, I am now because of, and again, not because I wanted to reset everything. You know, certainly not that. No, certainly no. not for those reasons, but to align my socials. Of course. They are now all Chess Von Doom. So on Twitter, it's at Chess Von Doom. So C-H-E-S-S. V-O-N-D-O-O-M. And that's uh, a play on Dr. Victor Von Doom, uh, yeah. the Marvel villain. So Chess Von Doom. Because yeah. um, there's some people that think I'm doing it off of MF Doom, but he and I both are doing it because of Dr. Doom. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, yeah. and on uh, Lee Chess and Chess.com, they're all Chess Von Doom. So nice. you can find, you know, same across all of those. Uh, happy to play anybody in a game. If you want to play 
uh, a daily, just send it unrated, you know, because again, I'm precious about ratings that don't matter. And I'm too scared to play you for a rated game. And so until I'm not a chicken, <laughs> please send me yeah. unrated games. But if you want to do something uh, real time of the board, just send me a DM. I'm, I'll, nice. you know, happily play anybody. The only thing that I ask is that after we play, can we set aside some time to, even if it's just in the analysis board, you know, in via the chat to talk about a couple of moves, I always find that beneficial, you know, to be able to learn, especially if you kick my butt, I want to know why you did it and how you did it and what you saw. And I can talk about what I saw. That to me is, you know, is the key benefit. So yeah, I would love it. anybody that wants to connect, happy Sounds to do it. To if you see me at a tournament, please come up and say hi. Yeah. Yeah. um if you want to contact me you can find me at dr skull on twitter um same on chess.com I, I just want to put this out here i've gotten like 60 friend requests and i don't accept random friend requests but if you send a message and you tell me who you are then i'll accept it i just don't want to accept random people i've never heard of before but we can be friends tell me about yourself and i will accept your friend request and we can hang out um also, you can find me streaming at uh, Dr. Skull underscore Tiny Grimes. And I've uh, been putting up a few more videos. Spring break is coming up. So look for my uh, Dr. Skull YouTube channel in a few weeks. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to, like, really kick something off starting in spring break. We'll, we'll see. Maybe it won't happen, but we're going to try. And uh, thanks for stopping on by, everybody. I hope your week with chess is amazing. I hope you reach all of your achievements. I hope Omar is a national master by the end of the week. But if it doesn't happen, <laughs> come back next week. We'll get some more tips for you. I'll see you next time. <laughs>